Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Hope you're all keeping well today. Um, just as we conclude, as work said, I'm going to skip through just a few few bits of these slides, just very briefly at the start. But you know the essence of why we've been doing this, trying to create space, I guess, for us in our lives as we try to model ourselves after the life of Jesus, recognizing that He had an intentionality about how He lived His life because He sought to engage with the Father. He sought to make the most of this life, to live life in the fullest way possible. He was intentional about the way that he did that. And, and so what we saw with, with this key verse, the bit that's just even underlined, this is about Jesus. So it says, the Son stands first in the line of humanity. He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. I love this. So we just keep repeating it because we love this verse. But I love it. We see our original and intended shape of our lives there in Jesus. So the essence is that when we read the Gospels, it's more than just reading those nice stories. It's more than getting ahead knowledge about some of the things that Jesus did. But he is a prototype in terms of how we were to live our lives. He was modeling out for us what life in the fullest way looked like in terms of how he structured it. And so it's important for us to pause and reflect and say, what was he doing? How was he engaging? How was he actually structuring his life? And that's the reason why we've done the quadrant over the last number of Sundays. Um, We've we've looked at this, and there's been different questions that we've cycled and just uh, reflected on. I'm I'm not going to take time to read these, but this was my quadrant as I was filling it out Sunday after Sunday. And today we get to this one on rest health. And the key question we simply want to ask ourselves today is this. What are the practices of self-care you need to care, um, to care for your body and nurture your soul in Christ-likeness. What are some of the practices of self-care you need to care for your body and nurture your soul in Christ-likeness? Now, the thing is, one of the, when I say that, what could so easily come into your mind is that you think this is going to be like one of those how-to sessions that you would read about in a magazine or you could pick up in a book or read online. This isn't so much about how to have like a, the happiest of life, how to get that body that's ripped looking and be all, all of that sort of thing. The thing I want to just start with, just for one or two moments, just simply says this. This is crucial for us to recognize. How we care for our bodies is significant. And the reason why we say that is because Paul, the Apostle Paul, actually creates a framework and, a, and an understanding for this about why our bodies are so key. And so this is why I feel that it is totally anti-Christ and it is a tactic of the enemy when people hate their bodies, when people would want to abuse their bodies. Because what we need to actually understand from a scriptural perspective is that our bodies are a gift from the Lord. <laughs> Our bodies are a gift from God. You are made in his image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He has not made a mistake with you. You are unique and you are beautifully and wonderfully made by Jesus, by the creator God. And so you're not a mistake. And we actually see the apostle Paul saying these words to the church in Corinth. I'm a bit of a role here. Let me keep going. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says these words. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. 
Our bodies have been bought by a high price by the precious blood of Jesus. So what we need to recognize that actually, so what we do with our bodies, and again, so this goes into, so at the very end, if we have time, you're going to be getting some space to think through. Just practically, I'm not going to speak into this so much, but it's over to you. How are you going to care for your body? So what are the things, like in terms of your exercise or what you eat and what different things like that might be? Because here's the truth that you need to grasp, and this is hard for some people to say, your body is a holy space. <laughs> Your body, this, the temple of the Holy Spirit, is a holy space. So there is a reason why we want to care for it. This is more than just so that we can be better or feel healthier or feel better about ourselves. This is something deeply holy that we are doing. And that's why we wanted to focus on this practice. That being said, right, while there are certain practical steps you can build into your life, scripturally, we see that creator God has set in place certain things that actually help us to step into that. And one of the key ways, I'm sorry, there's another question. How am I caring for and nurturing this temple that I have? One of the key ways that God actually demonstrated this to us, and what I want to speak into just for 10 minutes this morning, is around the principle of rest and specifically around the principle of Sabbath. All right? Around the principle of rest and around the principle of Sabbath. Now, as I say that, I'm aware, like, works got us to turn around and wave at the cameras. I'm aware that two of the people probably watching at the moment are my mum and my dad. So what I'm saying right now, let me just say, mum and dad, I'm not dismissing or dissing anything that you led me on growing up. All right, but I, I'm so aware all of us have been brought up with an understanding of what Sabbath is all about. We've been brought up around Sabbath being the Lord's day, and it is the Lord's day. It's been set aside today. I'm not going to be setting that aside in any way. But we've had an idea or an understanding about what the Lord's Day is actually about and what Sabbath is actually all about. I remember, I remember growing up that it was almost like Sabbath was, and because this is what we've been led in, in the church, and it's not that they've been wrong, but it hasn't been the fullest understanding of what Sabbath has been about. I was brought up that it was a list of things that you just didn't do. Sundays was almost like that. So for me, growing up, and again, mom and dad, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you, right? I'm going around to their house after. I love you both, right? But for me, for me growing up, Sundays was you just, you didn't watch TV. Anyone else? Right? Here we go. So you didn't watch TV. You didn't shop on a Sunday. Yeah. The church I went to, we used to pick it outside shops on a Sunday if people were there. That's a different story altogether. You didn't play sport on a Sunday. Anyone else grew up with that? Um, I remember actually one of the difficulties I had growing up as a young boy. I was around at my cousin's house and... Uh, and I went out with my cousin Stephen. I was probably about eight or nine. And being young boys, as young boys do, we went outside. We really wanted to play football, but we had a conundrum because you just don't play a sport on a Sunday, right? And so we just had to work out, what are we going to do? We really want to play football, but it's a Sunday. You just don't do that. And so we had an absolute brainstorm of an idea. We were going to play football, and then we were going to ask God to forgive us for <laughs> playing football on Sunday. And we genuinely did play football, and then we had a quick time of prayer off the back of it. Because for us, that's almost what it had been reduced to in our minds. You see, this is what was happening even in Jesus' time. The legalistic rules of do's and don'ts had lost sight of the essence and the beauty of what Sabbath was all about. And that's what simply I just want to speak about this morning. Apostle Paul says this in Colossians chapter 2. He said, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. For not celebrating certain holy days, listen to this, for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths, 
For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. I love this verse. I remember reading it in university for the first time. I'm like, what? Why have I never got this? Why have I never understood this? The essence of what Sabbath is all about, it was a shadow of what was to come. Jesus, the one who was going to bring complete and full rest. We're going to be speaking about that at the very end. In essence, what we see about Sabbath is that it was a literal 24-hour period that would result in deep rest and renewal. And it's interesting, actually, that we are, we're coming to this practice today, looking at it off the back of last week, where we've just talked about work. The last three weeks, we've looked about them. My boxes you've seen in the screen are full of things that I'm saying I'm going to do. And yet, when it comes to this practice, it's like, oh, but there's certain things that I shouldn't do when it comes to rest. The reality is we live in a culture and society that is just, they are facing total burnout and exhaustion because many, many people just live in a, in a reality of just feeling overworked all the time. Do you ever, any time we just ask someone how you do and what's the main thing we hear people say? I'm very busy. I'm very busy. And it's almost like we have in our heads that there's a sense of pride almost around that. And today I just want us actually to realize just how much we are missing even by the understanding of even declaring those words over our lives. And so today, we just need to see for, for, for those who are overworked, for me, when I'm overworked, what it results in is there's certain types of fatigue that we face. We face fatigue of the body, where we don't get as much sleep as we need. We face fatigue of the mind, where we don't have the capacity to just absorb or process the information that we're just bombarded with day and daily. We have, and this is the big one, fatigue of the soul where we just don't get enough time with God. So even some of the other practices that we've looked at in the last three weeks, the thing that sometimes is going through your head is, where am I going to get the time for that? Has that been a thought that's crept into your mind? Where am I going to get the time? And this is today where we want to look at the essence of what Sabbath is deeply all about. Um, Rich Velotas says this, a couple of his quotes I have today. I usually try to read every year a different book on Sabbath, and this is the one that I'm reading this year, so you're getting two quotes from him today. All right, but Rich Velotas says that Sabbath is an invitation to a life that isn't dominated and distorted by overwork. And what I want to just show you, just basically from a scriptural understanding, is the beauty of what Sabbath is all meant to be about. Some of this you will have already got and understand, but I just want to remind us the essence of Sabbath from creation. Here's the words that we read. I'm not going to just take time to read it, but we read that God created the world in six days. And then it says that on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing. So the seventh day, he rested from all his work. This was a holy day that God had said. It was actually meant to be a creational mandate that was meant to be spoken out over all creation. And yet in the midst of it, what we saw is that humanity was created Phil referenced this last week to be able to work, but yet this creational mandate of Sabbath was set aside. It was a creation pattern that was meant to be repeated. But then what happened was that sin came into the world and everything got distorted. So the story goes on, and what happens is that as the story goes on, the children of God, the children of Israel, they, you, you know where they get, they get brought into slavery in Egypt. And what happens is that when they are slaves in Egypt, they just get made to work over and over and over again. It's like Pharaoh just wants to make them work tirelessly over and over and over again. And what happens is that even when the Lord releases them and sets them free from a geographical location, what they weren't freed from was the understanding and the identity that they almost had in their heads of this is the way life should be. 
They struggled with not being able to not work. They were so caught in a slave mindset and a slave mentality that they couldn't not work. And so what happened was that the Ten Commandments were given in the book of Exodus. And the Ten Commandments were given not so much so that the people of God could follow these and somehow to end up being in relationship with God. But God was giving us saying that for the people who are already in relationship with Him, for the people who are His people, these are the ways in which we should live our lives. This is the ways in which we can live the most fullest way we possibly can. And so in Exodus chapter 20, God speaks to a people who are caught and addicted to work. And he says these words, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Right? It was set apart. It was to honor him. And ultimately what God starts to say here to the children of Israel, he says, do you not remember when I was making the world I rested on that seventh day. And so what he says to the children of Israel at this part is imitate me, be like me. This is the whole essence of discipleship, following Jesus in all of life. When it's given here, the Ten Commandments, the whole principle that is here is imitate God. It's all around imitation. He has rested, therefore we should rest. There should be a time that is set aside. We should not be slaves to work. There should be something that's set aside. But again, the children of Israel struggle to get their heads around this. It's like they, they heard it. They heard what God was saying, but in terms of allowing it to actually capture their hearts and to embody that, they just didn't press into it. And so they kept on, even though they were in a land now that felt free, that didn't have the yoke of slavery put upon them, that slavery mindset was still there. And they kept being addicted to these patterns of work. And that's why in Deuteronomy chapter 5, God had to again remind them through Moses, had to reaffirm the covenant and the law that was spoken to them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, these are the words that you read on your screen. I'll not take time to read this just for for time's sake, but it's there, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Take a note for this, please. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 to 15, if you're following along with it. And what we see in this, um, where, where it gets to the line of it, it says this at the very in verse 15. Remember, so he, he's, he's reminding them, he, he's telling them the law once again, but these are the words that he says. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And what this one is where, where, where Exodus chapter 20 was about imitate me. Now what he wants to remind the people here in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it wasn't so much about imitation. This one was about liberation. It's like, live freely. You have been set free now. Live freely. This was what was being spoken by God. You are no longer slaves. Remind yourselves by this principle of Sabbath. And listen, this is where I needed to grasp this today for these last five minutes. We've heard this before many, many times about the principle of Sabbath. Again, we've been brought up sometimes with a wrong understanding. It's all been the list of the do's and the don'ts. And you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, whatever it might be. But there's a reason and there's a significant holy reason about why we would want to pause. Why we would want to rest. Why we would want to stop working. Because in this, this is where we can step into fullness of life. This is where God leads us. In all of these ways, let me let me just thanks work. Let, let, let me about to chip over that. Uh, let, let, let me just 
said just a couple of things on this before I land, just two points, two or three points in Sabbath. Again, as I said, with this idea, while he spoke to the children of Israel, no longer slaves, yet the phrase that we repeat time and time and time and time again is we're just really busy. We just don't have time. Let me say this. If you cannot, even as I start to talk about Sabbath and about the principle of stopping working and resting, let me say this. If you you cannot stop your work for a 24-hour period, no matter how much you love it, I need to say this. It is becoming an addiction and a slavery for our lives. If you cannot stop work for a 24-hour period, and I'm saying this to myself because I struggle, but if we cannot stop work for a 24-hour period, no matter how much we love it, it's an addiction of our slavery, and it's an indication of our slavery. No matter how much you love it, we can become a slave to it. And part of the reasons why we become a slave is because we can become obsessed with it, we think all the time, or because of oppression in our life, because certain things we feel like we have to work, because we need it for certain conditions in our life. Whatever the reason for it, it results in damage to our body, soul, and minds. And this is why the invitation today, I want to say afresh, is choose Sabbath, choose rest. This is clearly what God would say. Three points just to land very briefly. And then we're going to just round up for today. First thing I want to say is this. Sabbath is not something you simply do after working hard. Right? Sabbath is not something you do after. So we have in our heads, do you ever get this where it's just like, oh, I can't wait till my next day off. Do you ever that? Or it's like, like maybe when we were during the year, I can't wait to Christmas so we can get two weeks off. It was almost so we could stop. Or I can't wait to my summer holiday or whatever it might be. Sabbath is not something you simply do after working hard. Let me just teach you a couple of things just from Scripture. The creation order was that we work out of rest. We need to realize that to be effective in our work and the things God has called us to, we need to do everything out of a place of rest. So firstly, what we see in the creation story is that each of the days it said evening and morning came. Phil's spoken on this many times. Evening and morning came and then it was day one. What we see with that is that actually the order and structure of a day was that we work out of uh, evening to a morning. So how we rest, how we sleep affects everything that happens the rest of the day. Evening and morning came and then there was a day. Actually, and then catch the next part of this. So God creates humanity on day six and he delegates them with authority and is like, get on with everything that I'm calling you to do. Subdue, rule, have dominion. And you can imagine that Adam and Eve were like rolling up their sleeves and saying, this is amazing. We cannot wait to get at this. Imagine when they were waking up on day seven saying, right, what are we going to do with this delegated authority? And the first day, Humanity has been created the first day that they live, the first full day that they have. What does God tell them to do? Rest. Sabbath, not work. Humanity and the very first thing that God tries to teach them is to rest, to Sabbath. And then everything flowed out off the back of it. Sabbath is not something you do after working hard. Our work flows out of this place of rest. The second thing to say, I've, I've stolen this next line out of a book, so I just want to say this so I'm not... Yeah, I'm not sued in any way. But Sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence. I read this and I thought it was really good and I couldn't reword it in any other way. So Sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence. Listen to what Rich Volodis says. We are often so used to producing that we forget to be present. The Sabbath then is a day of presence, a day of being present to God, present to others, present to creation, and present to ourselves. I I find that this is one of the things that is the hardest for me. I I said this to a 
couple of people just during some of our staff appraisals recently. I was talking about this is one of the big things for me this year. I feel is that um, I, I've been learning this very, 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 very slowly learning this. And actually, as he said it out, Phil was sitting in with me a couple of the appraisals and I could see him sitting with his head in his hands, shaking his head like this, thinking, I've told you this so many times. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I so easily do is that I tried to be like really, really productive. I want to get as much done. And so when it comes to a day, I just pack it with stuff. Do you ever feel like that? You just pack your day. Like, and so I would like I'd have a meeting 9 to 10 and then another meeting 10 to 11 and another meeting 11 to 12. And yet one of the things that I struggle with is that in a lot of those meetings I have with people, I love being present with people. I love being in a moment, right? And so my nine to 10 meeting, because I'm loving being present with someone, I find it really hard to say, listen, I need to go. And so I stay on a bit and then I'm late for the next one. And, and this is one of the, like, I, my timekeeping's rubbish. And this is, I recognize that this is part of it because I try to squeeze too much in. I love being present. And yet what we actually see in this principle of it is that Sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence. God actually has set a period of time aside where we can be fully present with God, fully present with other people, where work is not a distraction, where we can fully give of ourselves. And I know this even from my own family. Let me just tell you how my nine-year-old daughter completely rebuked me two weeks ago. And uh, I've never, like, I've, Laura and I would talk, I'm going to share with you just my, my model of Sabbath just as we close, but I've never really chatted about it loads with the kids. But last, we, we would usually do Sabbath from a Friday night to a Saturday night. I'll talk about that in a second. And I remember on the Saturday, two Saturdays ago, it was one of those ones, you know, in your head when it's just like, I know I need to rest, but I know I need to do this. Do you ever have those thoughts? <laughs> I know I should, but, and I got my computer out and I started to type, and my nine, Rose, my nine-year-old daughter, came over to me and she said, are you not meant to be having a Sabbath now? <laughs> and it was one of those ones where I, was, I just had to close my computer down, and I realized in this moment, I just needed to be present. I needed to be present with my family. And the final thing just to say on Sabbath, before I look at the Sabbath pointed forward, is what we looked at the start, a shadow of the one who would bring full rest. It tells us about everything that we find in Jesus. Jesus said these words. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. But it's not about us to try and get our, be proven right or to be right with God. But Sabbath was made for us. It's a gift. It's a gift that God has given to you. It's a gift that we have in our lives. And then finally, Jesus says, because he's ultimately what rest is about. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I love this. Steve, do you want to come up just one second? We'll just take a couple of minutes just to reflect on this for ourselves, and then we're going to pray and close off. Listen to this one quote that I love. This by another guy, John Mark Comer. And I love this quote that he says. And so this, out of, after everything that I'm saying, because this is where I was brought up, right? Sabbath keeping, all that sort of stuff was just, you just had to do it, right? It was a legalistic thing you had to do. I love this quote. You can skip Sabbath. It's not a sin. It's just stupid. The point is that there is a way the creator set creation up to thrive. A way that God set you up to thrive. And when we Sabbath, we tap into God's rhythm for human flourishing. Listen to this. 
This is not putting anything ill-fitting on you or to make you feel rubbish about your life. But this is a gift for us to step into. And so when it comes to this rhythm of rest, this is why I want you to just have a minute or two just as we close, just to think, how does this look for me? For me, when it comes to my Sabbath, this is what it looks like. Sabbath for me is Friday evening to Saturday evening. I know loads of people do it on a Sunday, and that's great doing it on a Sunday. For me, Sunday's just a really busy day with another meeting tonight. And we're trying to get ready for this afternoon and everything as well. So I do it Friday evening to Saturday evening. I go to football with Josiah and there. I get to hang out with friends. Like Stuart's usually there on a Friday night as well with Joel. We just get to hang out there. And then off the back of it, sometimes we go and hang out with friends for food. It's just a lot of time doing stuff with family and friends. It's just a list of some of the things that we would do. Board games, blah, blah, blah. All the different stuff goes on. It's just a time for us to try to be present as a family. On that day, we just try to not do work, whether that's paid work or non-paid work. Do you know the way you have your work stuff you need to do about the house? <laughs> those wee things. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be legalistic either, but those things stop you being present in a moment with one another. So it's just like, how can we be as present as possible? My full list for this one. Right, so these are just the questions I'm asking. What is exercise, all that sort of stuff, sleep. So for me, the big one from this season, I'm asking, can I get lights out by 11? Because I'm really bad at that. That's usually when I start working, if I'm being honest. So I'm asking, how can I just re readdress that? And so these are some of the things for me. As Steve comes to play, he will start to play now, just some quiet music in the background. I recognize, right, this is what my full quadrant would look like. And I don't know how I would do it all, because there's just a lot of stuff in there, isn't there? And maybe you've come to the end, that's what it's like for you. Today, I'm going to give you a bit of space here for one minute just to think through this bottom corner quadrant for you and uh, on rest health. And I want you to even take a note on your phone and to think through what it looks like. But the reason why we've given you these cards on the way out to the, or as you've picked them up is we want you to take these with you. And this week, we would love for you to sit and think through for you, not because you're being told to do it. And in terms of the shape and the rhythm of your life, what does a sustainable rhythm look like for you in these different areas? There's no point filling it with 20 things each. We can't do it, right? And so it's what does a sustainable rhythm look like for you? I'm going to have just some suggestions for us as a church at, at the end. But I would just love for you in this one minute just to think through what does rest health look like for you? And particularly, I would love to provoke you to think what does Sabbath look like for you? This is something I've started to do over the last couple of years. And it is the most life-giving thing. I, I feel the effect of it when I don't do it. It is the most life-giving thing that I've ever started to do. And so for you, I just want to ask, right, what does it mean for you? So we're going to take one or two minutes, try not to fall asleep with Steve's lovely tones that he's playing on the keyboard here as well. But let's, let's take a couple of minutes. Take your phone out if you want to take a couple of notes and think through for yourself. If you want to just scribble stuff down in a bit of paper. What does it look like? And then we're going to pray over this all this week as we think through it and I'll lead us off the back. So come Holy Spirit, lead us in this we pray.
All right, so just for time's sake, because we need to let the kids' teams away and collect our kids as well this morning, I want you to think about this today. And I would love for you to think for yourself what this means. Remember, even for some of those decisions we make, how we care for this temple, what are some of the decisions that bring life and health? to help us sustain that for our body. It's important to think it's a really holy decision as we do that, but particularly around this area of Sabbath. Can I just say one thing practically? It's, it's really important that you choose to do Sabbath at a time that it works for you and those close to you. If this is a day that leads us into presence with God and people, there's no point doing it at a different day to other people. So if you're married with family, it's really important to think through when would a Sabbath work for you as a family? not just for you individually, for you and people around you. It's really important to think through those things. And so that's my tuppence worth for you today. Well, what I would love to just say with this, these cards that we've given you, there's, there's obviously certain rhythms which we're trying to do as a church. We'll chat more about that next week. But next Sunday, what we're going to do is next Sunday morning, we're having a morning which we're calling Commitment Sunday. And in that Sunday morning, we're going to leave much more space for an extended period of worship. We're going to be remembering the Lord. We're going to be breaking bread. But what we would love to do is that we would just love with these rhythms that we have. It might be a good idea even if you have the card filled out just to bring it with you so that you could pray into these things next week. We would love to just commit ourselves to God. This is more than just a four-week Sunday thing just and then done with. We're actually asking how can we step into this and how can it lead into the life that God desires for us. And so next Sunday, that's simply what we want to do. We want to, after having thought through these cells, what it means for us, we just want to commit ourselves individually and collectively to the Lord and that obviously sent ourselves around him. Let, 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 let me just pray for us, can I, just for this week ahead. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful invitation to learn from you. And even as you say in the message version around us, this beautiful verse, for those that are tired, weary, worn out, burned out in religion. God, I thank you that this isn't a religious thing that we're doing, God. This is something that is completely freeing. And God, I just pray, Lord, for us in this week. I prayed for myself. I prayed for everyone in the room with me right now. God, I just pray, Lord, that as we center ourselves and make decisions in these different areas, particularly in this area, God, of Sabbath, God, I just pray that we step into the life and the freedom and the fullness that you have for us. Thank you that this is your desire for us, Father. Thank you for the gifts that you give to us. Thank you that you led us in these things because you wanted us as your people to live as freely as possible. Thank you, Jesus, that this is what you said, that while the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, you have plans for the fullest life possible for us, life in abundance. And so, God, help us. Help us to make uh, wise choices, I pray. And, God, so this day, this week, we give to you. We just pray, lead us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence with us today. And be with us, God, this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sorry, a million miles an hour, but bless you, bless you today. Um, please, as work announced early, remember Alpha tonight. Some people are coming to believe in and belonging as well. So bless you the rest of your afternoon. And if you have kids, let's go and try and get them as soon as we can. God bless. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk